when you start to get to the six, eight week mark in a cycle, things start to become a little bit mundane, like a little bit repetitive. Yeah, yeah, we all start and the foot comes off the gas a little bit diet, the foot comes off the gas a little bit training. We're not quite as hot as we were in the first two, three weeks. We used to being on cycle. If anything, injecting is becoming a bit of a chore now. So by adding a secondary drug at that point, there's a mental boost. There's a chemical boost, obviously, but there's also a mental boost that refocuses people and brings them back to, I've upped the dose. I need to be on my A game when it comes to training and diet. Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I talk all about Deanabol. Deanabol was the first steroid created after testosterone. Uh, we discuss a little bit about the history. We discuss dosing, duration. We talk about using it as a standalone, like Deanabol-only cycle versus stacking it with other compounds. After that, we tackle all your listener questions, guys. I have timestamps below. If you want to skip around, you're welcome to use those. Uh, and if you want to take part in the next show, then comment below. We'll tackle your questions then. This week, we're asked, how long can you run 300 milligrams a test safely, then will adding Proviron to your TRT help you gain more muscle? We're asked about Novadex in your PCT, dealing with feeling snappy or aggressive on trend. Can you make good use of SARMs if you can't get a hold of steroids? Yohimbine for fat burning, plus a bunch more. If you're new to our content, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We've got several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring a ton of education and entertainment from IPB pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry. We're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love. Uh, stay safer in the process, plus it'll get you through your workday or your cardio or your commute or whatever else you're doing. All right, guys, let's get to the program. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. Check out their website. They just redid everything, new packaging, all of that. Looks really cool. Also, we're brought to you by Strom Sports Nutrition. If you're in the UK, if you're in the UK, you probably already know about Strom, but regardless, they help to support our programming. We highly recommend their products. We're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca. For those of you in Canada, they have great deals that change week to week, so check out their website. We're also brought to you by Patreon. Thank you to everybody from Patreon. I think we got a couple questions from you guys. We're brought to you by evalbloodanalysis.com. Get your lab work done by Dave. Dave, you have a question, sir. I've had an idea. Yes. So it just struck me then that obviously um, we we do try to make sure that we answer the Patreon um, questions because yeah. obviously they support us financially. Well, they support Scott in his bid for world dominance. <laughs> I don't give. I don't get for the world. But so I thought that we could have another form of payment for questions answering. Does this involve cake? And if so, you've no, brought this no, up no. before. No, 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 that we would set a challenge that people have to video and submit to the page that they do. Ooh. Uh, and if they do the challenge, they get a question answered. By the way, guys, we're going to talk all about D-Ball today. Just want to throw that out there. Plus, we have your listener questions, as always. Back to this. Dave, what kind of challenge would these people be doing? So I thought, like, the first challenge could be you have to video yourself farting in the face of a loved one. You mean somebody would have to fart in the face of their loved one in order to get their question answered on our show? That's what you're. Yeah, they you're have suggesting. to video it, upload it to the, the the Facebook page, 
Hmm. And, and it could it could be a child. They're easy. You just grab them by the neck, shove them up your arse and, and fart on them. They're easy. Obviously, you'd get bonus points if you did it to your missus hmm. because that, that's more danger aspect there. So you get bonus points for higher risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and as a result, we'd answer those questions. It could be a different challenge every week. I don't know. Huh, okay. Don't ask me why that came into my head, but it did. <laughs> Don't you guys the the thoughts inside Dave's head they can be scary sometimes. You've just seen one of them unleashed upon us here. Uh we'll put that into some thought and consideration, Dave. I'll run that by the marketing department and see what they think about that. <laughs> What's up, man? Welcome back. You're back from your vacation. Um I am. You are looking slim as ever. I'm sure you're back on your diet. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do in 2023. By the way, we're going to talk about our New Year's resolutions, the things we're going to try to achieve in 2023. We'll cover that at the end of the show. We do have a ton of questions. And if you guys want to take part in the next show, you can comment below with your questions. And at this point, that's good enough. You don't have to fart in anybody's face. We will answer your questions on the next show, but I can't promise it'll always be that way. So get your questions in for the following show. Plus all your questions, uh, all your comments, your likes, all that stuff helps to boost our programming in the algorithm. And you guys have been doing a hell of a job with that. We could even do something like you must eat a Brussels sprout, you know, vile, disgusting fucking things they are. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Just thoughts. This is like to prove that you really want your question answered, or is it just for your sheer entertainment? Which which is it? I think it's for everybody's entertainment. (laughs) If you guys have any good ideas, comment with those as well. What should be they've got to be simple? Yeah, Yeah. simple challenges that people could could easily do. You know. Okay. only a low risk of violence from other people at them from it, yeah. Yeah, and a low risk of injury as well, you know, self-harm or anything like that. We will get demonetized for stuff if we start encouraging people <laughs> to hurt themselves, Dave. You understand no, that? Right? No, nothing like that. Okay, well, no, I mean, like, you, might, you might get slapped from your missus, but I mean, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing too violent. No, like just, jackass just, stunts. Remember that show, Jackass? No. Nothing oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you could have a t- tattoo of me... On your chest, that would get you loads Ooh, of questions. Okay, okay, so we do have some tattoos. That's great. We do have some tattoos we got to talk about, and then we're going to get into the show. Um, these are both from uh, the Facebook group for Think Big Body Blue Media. Number one, uh, this is one of our listeners, and this is the, he says this is Trent Ace Molecule tattoo. Ace, uh, yeah, is he? You sure? I'm sure there was supposed to be hydrogens. Somebody said it might have been missing some hydrogens, but regardless, I, I think it looks cool, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's yeah, no, I, I'm sure there's supposed to be some, I'm sure it's supposed to be a, a hydrogen bond at the end, but uh, I'd have to check to be certain. Well, regardless, it's a cool looking tattoo, and in, I guess if you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of those mm. things. It's a covert mm. tattoo. And then second, we haven't discussed this on the program yet. Um, Matt Blevins got a tattoo of Christmas cabbage. This is fucking real. Matt needs help. Yeah, dude. That's I would not have done that personally. Just saying. Uh, but I would not uh, encourage no, that. It's, it, I would not encourage cool. that. But <laughs> you should get it then, Dave. We should get one for you. What of of this traitorous, two faced, backstabbing lump of green snot that's sat on the microphone? No chance. 
Well, shout out to these guys. And Matt is officially our number one cabbage head of the show. Let's get to let's get to our topic, man. We've got uh, we've got a big one here. Uh, we're going to discuss Deanna Ball, D Ball. What other what other names are there? Blue Hearts. What else are they? Tie blues, pink ties, breakfast of champions, breakfast of champions, D ball. Yeah, that's true. Dorian, Dorian's favorite drug, apparently. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dorian's favorite drug. Mm, D ball's the first thing I ever ran. You know, I don't, I genuinely don't fully remember my first ever cycle. Huh, yeah, it was D ball only 15 milligrams. I think the, I think I went straight into test. I used the Romanian Napacin, which was little tiny white pills with a with a triangle in them, five milligrams a piece, three of those a day. Gained like twenty fucking pounds on that stuff. See, Napacin to me was boxes. No, no, no. Napacin is D ball, but there are the Naps fifty that are yeah. that are those are not Napacin though. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Okay, I uh, got confused. Yeah. We talked about that once before. We did. Because you always think Mm. of Naps or Naps 50 as being, Mm. you know. Well, that's that's, that's how I knew them for years was Nap 50s was Oxys. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk Um, about Oxy in another show. That's your favorite. Yeah, sorry, we're going to go off track, aren't we? Uh, Debo, yes. Um, There is the, which apparently is not true, there is the, the story of John Ziegler. Uh, what what do you mean it's not true? So I'm led to believe that this is not actually factually correct. So the story goes that um, John coached the Olympic lifting team and he also coached the powerlifting team. Okay. Uh, and at the New York Barbell Club was a world championship at powerlifting event in which the Russians were winning everything. And John supposedly took the Russian coach out, got him pissed, and the Russian coach admitted that they were all using gear. But they were having some side effect issues with it. St. John supposedly was working for, I think it was Up John, or it might have been Seba, one or the other. Seba, is it Seba? Yeah. Um, And he went and developed Diana Ball. Seba launched it as a treatment for dwarfism, but then under FDA pressure, they withdrew it because they didn't have anything to back it up, basically. And that D-Ball was developed really for the American powerlifting team and subsequently the American Olympic lifting team. Um, and then after a few years, because obviously people were very quick to abuse, um, John then started campaigning against the banning of drugs. Hmm. And this this is supposed to be the pivotable point in sports where we see open country against country doping. Hmm. Here's a picture, John. Do you think John is using D-ball there? He's got his sleeves rolled up a little. Um, well, I think initially he was a big supporter of use, um, yeah. but his his dosing was 10, 15 milligrams a day, no more. Very low, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's since been questioned that the drug was developed irrespective of John. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I've heard since. I don't know how true it is, um, and I'm... I, Possibly as somebody who watches the show that actually knows more about this. Yeah. But I believe there are other people credited with the development of D-Ball, and it wasn't something that John did independently. Uh, and he may not have had full involvement with it full stop. It may just have been a drug that he took and then used on athletes because he felt it was going to be better. Hmm. 
little information I have here with a little machine I call Google. It says, mm-hmm. in 1958, SIBA Pharmaceuticals unleashed his creation, uh, Deanabol, which the company uh, marketed. Uh, Deanabol, which is commonly regarded as one of the world's first anabolic steroids, was most commonly administered to burn victims and to the elderly. The drug's awful off-label uses were mostly bodybuilders. Um Let's see. Uh, it was the brainchild of SIBA, a Swiss-American pharmaceutical conglomerate. A few years later, it hit mass production, and marketing began in Germany before coming to the United States. D-Ball is the steroids brand name and how it is often sold and seen on the market. Let's let my little Google for you. you like mm. So as I say, I don't know what the true story really is. Yeah, I always thought that he uh, was he was credited with the invention. That's I, I I don't know if I mean I hadn't heard of that being uh, disputed. I'll give it to him because I like the lore. I like looking at that picture of him sitting at his desk and thinking that he just got done doing some like behind the neck presses, you know, taking some D balls. I, I it's a good story whether it's fully true or not. It is still a good story, but yeah, that so that that. That powerlifting meat is credited with the sort of catalyst that started what we now know as widespread, you know, sport doping. Yeah. Um, and dosing but, was I mean, really re- low. You're right, though. Dosing was really low. And you can get, like, a strong uh, performance effect. Like, for, you know, for somebody that was completely natural, never touched anything, you give them 10, 15 milligrams of D-ball, real D-ball, you know, back then, like... The SIBA D-ball. Man, I bet you do really good with it. You get strong. Well, you're talking about people that are the top end of the game anyway. Right. So they're all they're already performing at such a high level. I think when you get to that point, any chemical input's gonna have quite a dramatic effect because of where they are with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you say, I believe originally it was dosed at five milligrams, but more commonly now you see it as tens and there's there's even 20 milligram tabs now oh, these yeah, days 25s as well. and 50s. You know? Yeah, so I've even seen 50s as well. Um, probably the most famous used to be the Thai Blues, which you you had to buy in a thousand at a time. You couldn't get them in any less than a thousand at a time. I thought the ties were pink, pink ties, and and then the blue hearts. Remember the the 10 milligram blue hearts. Oh, I always thought they were tight. Oh, maybe you're right, mate. I don't know. Maybe I've got that mixed up as well. I'm getting old, you know. And you weren't a big D-ball guy. You weren't a big D-ball guy. No, I've never, never, I've never used huge amounts of orals. Um, I've played with them occasionally, but I've never used huge amounts of orals. So I've not got a wealth of actual first-hand experience with D-ball. I have used it and I've found it a reasonable drug, but, but it eats. So it's test base. It does convert, and it converts to a synthetic form of estrogen that's much stronger than regular estrogen. And that's always been its Achilles heel: is the estrogen conversion. There, yeah. the aromatization of D-ball is fucking horrendous. Mm. But in part, that in part is one of the reasons why it's such a successful bulking drug. Yeah, yeah. because higher estrogen does help with with all that. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's good. The, the one advantage D-Ball does have over most orals is the fact that it does aromatize. Now, as long mm. as you manage that. So one of the problems with stuff like T-Ball, Anavar, is that because they don't aromatize, if you're using them in an only cycle, so you're only doing T-Ball or you're only doing Anavar, yeah. 
At about six weeks, we start to see a significant decrease in estrogen levels, and that can start to become problematic for a lot of people around in week, week eight. We start yeah. to see estrogen getting low to a point where it starts to cause issues and you can start to get joint issues. And, and definitely progression will slow. T-ball doesn't have that problem. So for a long-term oral, it, it, it's very heavily well-suited because it does create estrogen. That said, as we talk about side effects, so we did a, a profile on Winstrol a few weeks ago, and in review as I was editing it, you know what I realized we didn't say anything about at all, like zero. We didn't mention anything about the liver toxicity of Winstrol or oral steroids. Like we didn't even say it was even a thing. I think what it was is we just assumed like, okay, yeah, people know there's liver toxicity. That's the first thing you learn about oral steroids. So yeah. I, I think that is going to be a limiting factor. Be it that it is. be it that it actually is causing damage, which could be temporary, or in my case, it freaking kills my appetite. It just destroys my appetite and I believe it has to do with that liver toxicity. So all orals will stress the liver because of the mechanism of delivery. When you do an oral medication, an anabolic oral medication, it has to withstand breakdown by the liver. So the liver tries to metabolize the drug, can't do it. That elevates liver enzymes, the liver gets stressed. So you will always see liver enzyme elevation with oral anabolics. There's a lot of... Traditionally, we would always say orals are really liver toxic. Liver toxic. Only taken for six weeks. Only taken for seven weeks. Whatever. Yeah. I think as times move on, there's more of an understanding that they do stress the liver, but their toxicity from a point of view of liver damage is probably not as severe as we tend to give it. Yeah. Having said that that does allow or, or has developed a healthy respect good, good for point. orals and, and their usage because people tend to limit their use to six weeks, eight at a push. Yeah. Um, could you handle more? Yeah, you, you probably could and, and, and probably with no real side effects at all. Where I've seen liver actual damage from orals, it's always been extreme usage. It's always yeah. been very, very long-term usage. But there is no doubt they do stress the liver and there is no doubt that liver stress does have an impact on your appetite and your stomach. And they can also agitate the stomach lining themselves as well and yeah. cause things like acid reflux and stuff like that. So they are not the ideal format for administration of using anabolic, that's for sure. Orals are convenient for people because it's not an injectable, but these definitely not the easiest or best way to administrate the drug. I think that it's most important uh, that the, the liver toxicity issue, it's most important in two factors. When we think about how we're going to dose it, guys that are mm -hmm. running like 100 milligrams plus D-ball, because that's not unheard of. And also for guys that are afraid to do an injectable, if you were to, you know, the part of going on cycle is you're probably not only going to do one cycle. <coughs> and if every cycle you do is going to be an oral focused cycle, you're going to need more and more orals to continue making progress. And that means year round use or on and off throughout the year use of orals. That's where I'd get more concerned about the liver, you know, but the yeah, one run, yeah, the you're probably going to be all right. The other aspect of this is also to remember that, and I always forget which one it is. I think it's Anavar engages with the androgen receptor, whereas the other ones don't. 
Okay. So orals have a different mechanism for stimulating growth, and they they engage with genomic and non-genomic receptors, which are non-AR-based. So as a result, in a cycle, it does offer a secondary plane of action for results. But that in itself is a limited action. So when you're on an oral-only cycle, you're not going to be engaging with the cellular AR in the same way as you would be with an uh, an injectable. And as a result, plus the the limitations of dosing through oral administration, this never going to be as effective as an injectable cycle because you're not going to get the circulating blood levels that you would do from injectables. The other thing with orals to remember, a lot of people think that spacing the oral out is better. Now, this is backed up with research that if you are doing oral only, you are better with a single dose because it will give you a higher plasma peak, be it for a shorter duration, but that will result in better stimulation than breaking it down over the day. It's different if it's on top of injectables, but as a standalone oral, single dose once a day. And we have spoken about this before. I think you make a really good point. My argument against it would be if you were to have side effects, you know, like D-ball being known for estrogen conversion, uh, D-ball fluctuating hormone being known for causing side more side effects Uh, besides besides gyno acne. I found that when I've used D-ball in a one dose (coughs) per day type uh, administration that I'm, I tend to be more sensitive to acne, like back knee and stuff like that, that I would be more likely to get it versus if I try to, you know, spread things out. It, it, it's, a, it's a reason that or, you know, it, that in itself, I think, reduces okay, the science. So let, I'm just saying, me, be aware. But, 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 I'm all for you doing that, Dave, but be aware that if you were to have issues, an answer might be to spread it back out. Now, question is, when you've done that and you've had issues, has that been standalone oral or has that been oral with injectable? Oh, always oral with injectable. So there's the difference. So okay. when you've got an oral injectable, that single dose is going to create a big peak. Yeah. Because you remember, it's sitting on top of. Absolutely. Um, when you're doing oral only, there is a different mechanism at play. You're unlikely to get your estrogen levels that high mm. from a single spike oral only. Okay. Um, Fair so that's where the difference is. So like I say, with an injectable base, breaking down into it, intermissions is fine. But if it's oral only, you will get a better response and better results from a single dose. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I'll go fuck with it. you. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Can you read upside down, Dave? Let me turn no, it up. I'm not from Australia. <laughs> what else do we want to tell these people about D-ball? Um, dosing. Let's give them. Let's give them dosing. Also, we need to address our female listeners. D-ball for females. Is this a commonly used steroid for females? It's not. Um, and virilization is high with D-ball, so it's not one that we would naturally go towards for females. Um, it is viable. I mean, you can dose it and it has been used in females in treatment. So, you know, five milligrams is where you're going to be with females, 10 at a push. Mm, 2.5 um, maybe. Start at 2.5. Yeah, even, even at that low, yeah. But um, it would be something, it wouldn't be my first choice. You know what I mean? Like, No, d- definitely wouldn't my go-to for an oral, no. 
Um, how about dosing? How about dosing as a standalone and dosing within a cycle for men? Well, to be honest, I'm I'm not much different between the two. I don't really like pushing D ball above sixty meg. Okay, yeah. Uh, I I think that's that's a sort of cap point for that drug. First I think Anavar, Anavar and Oxys you can push up to a hundred. But D ball, I and T ball as well. I would always keep it around the the, the fifty sixty mark. Um, low as thirty as a starter dose. Um, I wouldn't go much lower, even though you, you like yourself, you experienced good results off fifteen. That was in a first um, cycle too, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I would I would run D ball thirty to sixty meg. Now, what about for a first cycle? Let's say somebody runs. Uh, we'll create a scenario here. They do a test-only cycle. They have great results, and they say, hey, I want to add something else to my cycle. I'm going to do a test and D-ball cycle. I'm going to run it for 10 weeks, and then I'm going to come off and do my PCT and recover. How would that look? I'd go 20 to 30 for a first-time use Okay, in, in a combination. I think that's a good place to be. And then how no, long would you run that for? I... I like if you're running your traditional twelve week cycle. I would tend to put. I, I've said this numerous times on the show. I like to put the orals in at the back end. Um, twofold reasons. Firstly, you've already established your baseline with your injectable, so you know where your management is. Yeah. Um, secondly, is you are getting stresses from orals. We've already established that it will stress the liver. So. When you come off your orals, you're coming off your cycle, so those stresses can be dealt with. Where if you do them at the front end, which was popular for a long time, was front loading or oral kickstarts, whatever you want to fucking call them. But you're then going to go then try and run the rest of the cycle with a stressed liver and potentially a stressed stomach. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like them at the back end. There's also a psychological thing with that as well. Yes. What I, what I find with people is that when you start to get to the six, eight-week mark in a cycle, things start to become a little bit mundane, like a little bit repetitive. Yeah, yeah, we all start, and the foot comes off the gas a little bit diet, the foot comes off the gas a little bit training. We're not quite as hot as we were in the first two, three weeks. We're used to being on cycle. If anything, injecting is becoming a bit of a chore now. So by adding a secondary drug at that point, there's a mental boost. There's a chemical boost, obviously, but there's also a mental boost that refocuses people and brings them back to, I've upped the dose. I need to be on my A game when it comes to training and diet. Absolutely. So that's the other other reason why I like to add them in at the back end. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've seen it being used. I remember when we started recording Muscle Minds with Scott Stevenson, it was it, initially for the first two years, it was Muscle Minds with Scott Stevenson and Jordan Peters. And... Uh, Jordan had spoke a lot about using orals as a means to break, break through plateaus in his strength. Mm -hmm. So he might not use any of that stuff until he gets, you know, eight, 10 weeks in and he's finding that he's getting a plateau. Then he might say use an injectable D ball or, you know, an M trend or halo for a short period of time, two week little blasts and then switch to something else uh, to help him continue to push that strength. So we're kind of crossing over here into strength territory, which relates to bodybuilding, but also relates to powerlifting, you know? Yeah, Jordan's back training for size again. I've heard that, yeah. Mm, I don't know why, but all of a sudden he's dropped, I believe he's completely dropped the, the mixed martial arts stuff, the BBJ stuff. Huh, I saw him at the Olympia. BJJ. 
Yeah. He was uh, busy. I didn't stop and talk to him. I literally walked right by him. He didn't see that I saw him. Uh, so I, I didn't say I didn't get a chance to say hi, but he was busy talking to people. He was bigger than he was last time I saw him when he hung out with us uh, like 2017 uh, Olympia or 16. Or uh, Arnold. Uh, yeah, he, he all of a sudden looks very big again. <laughs> 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 I wish him all the best. Hey, one more um, question. What do you think about um, D-ball injectable oil based? Well, I would prefer oil over water anyway, just from the, the issues both. That was obviously a vial of said drug in your hand. I don't know what um, you're talking about. I don't know what the F you're talking about, Dave. Scott language, please. We'll have no fucking swearing on this show. Fuck no. It's a family, you fucking family f- show. F- Piece of shit. Foul mouth <laughs> fucking knobhead. Um... <laughs> I prefer oil over water anyway, just for the hygiene, bacterial load risk that you get with water. I'm just not a fan of water. Yeah. Um, I've never, don't think I've ever used injectable D-ball. I've used injectable Winnie. Yes. Um, but I've, yeah, it was, um, white, fucking horrible, milky shit. That was water. Ooh. What kind of, what size oh, syringe? Did you need like a 18 gauge or something to put <clears> that <throat> shit through it? I've I've always used greens to inject anyway. So. <laughs> You're a big man. That's like it's still small for you. You know. I was too fucking lazy to change needles. That's all it was. Fucking, uh, it's brutal. Um, well, I'll tell you firsthand, man. It's some wicked stuff. It's some wicked stuff. I've, I've heard a lot of people rave about injectable D ball and say it really is. Where they've not got on with orals or they've not been impressed with oral D ball, they've been very impressed with injectable. Me too. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And I found that it didn't have the appetite issues that the oral would cause. See, that's where I say I think some of the, I think a lot of the stomach issues is actually stressed on the stomach from the chemical. You know, the same way as when you, you get a high level of medication from a doctor, they'll give you omeprazole hmm. to, to, to protect the stomach. I could see I think that. It's a very, I think it's a very similar situation with the D-ball. It's more stomach lining stress rather than, the liver-driven stress, though liver stress will cause appetite problems. I could see that. Even just androgens in general can just be rough on the stomach. So mm. I can see that, no question. Or digestion, so, I should say. But you don't use steroids, Scott. You're natural, are you? No, I may or may not have had a vial of injectable D-ball that probably expired five years ago that I purchased five years before that. And it just maybe. If I had one, it's just been sitting around. It's kind of like it's kind of like that rainy day thing that you're probably never going to use, and it really couldn't anyway. But you still hold on to it. If I had a vial of said injectable D ball, that's probably what it would be. I say because I just assume you were natural looking at you these days. <laughs> pretty much, man. Actually, I am pretty much. And after I haven't gotten sick this past week, I haven't taken even my TRT for like. 10, oh, days now. I've no, I've not taken mine for three fucking weeks. I'm glad you reminded me. <laughs> I got mine ready right after the show. I got, I'm going to get back on the TNT. I've just got it out now, so I don't forget. <laughs> I literally have my stuff right here. It's ready to go after the show. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm fucking terrible for it. I really am bad. Let's get to the listener questions, man. Because we had, uh, like I said, we had a, a ton of them, um, and uh, we also have. Uh, we're going to talk about our New Year's resolutions after that. Before we close, do we have do we have any fart videos? No fart videos, but we didn't ask I'm not, for fart I'm videos. I'm not answering either. them then. No, no fart videos. I'm not answering. Also, um, 
we do have to make note here, and I think he is correct. Uh, Matt Blevins says, I'm exempt from challenges. I have cabbage tattooed on my back. I'm covered. I think he he is correct that Matt yeah, can uh, ask all the questions he wants. Uh, yeah. Although although Eric did say that Jackass was a glorious show, we could probably get more views if we're like, guys, if you want to... If you guys, if you want to ask questions for the show, all you have to do is send a video of you, you know, riding down a doing, hill in a grocery cart, you know, naked. Doing something <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll probably get no questions after that. But all right, let me dive right in here. So like I've said before, guys, if you want to take part in the next show, you can comment on YouTube, comment below on this episode. We'll tackle that on the next episode. Um, and you don't at this point, at least until I talk to our you know, a PR department you don't have to send for videos uh, <laughs> so we have one here spoil, it says, spoil all my fun how long could someone safely run 300 milligrams of testosterone without a break and i know it's not ex it's not an exact but what kind of a strength or size gains could one expect well let me tell you a little bit about 2018 or seven, 2017 that was <laughs> I didn't go below 300. I'll tell you what I did get, Dave, is high hematocrit, and it didn't want to go away. Yeah, it's... How long you can run it is very much how long is a piece of string. Uh, it, it really does depend. I mean, even with the blood... So you've got two factors here. One is the impact on your body, i.e. blood factors, thickening of blood, lowering of HDL blood pressure, these sort of things. Even if they were successfully managed, you would start to find that the effect... So you first go on the 300 a week and you feel like Superman. You feel great. TRT plus, feel amazing, feel great. That may continue for several months, oh. um, even, even longer. And then you're slowly going to start to feel less. Normal. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's an element of adjustment anyway, but you, you may even get to the point, and I've had this with a lot of people, where they'll come to me and say, I'm running 250, I'm running 300 a week, I've got no libido, I feel like shit, but we check the hormones, and they're not particularly that far out of whack. Right. You know, it's not like they've got super high estrogen or anything like that. Their test is in line with their dosing. Um, now, there's two things can happen. First thing is you can start to clear the drug out of your system faster. So the mm. drug becomes less effective. But two, just the general stresses on the body start to become counterproductive. And and when you say to these people, right, drop it down in half, and they do, within three, four weeks, they're like, oh, my libido's back and I feel good again. Oh, mm. Yeah, because the, the, the stress factors of long-term heavy TRTs can, can actually be quite impacting, but it is very personal. It is very dependent on the individual lifestyle, Diet, cardio, all these other factors all play into how well you're going to manage with drugs. Yeah. Gains-wise, that is impossible to say because that's very much based on genetics, training, intensity, diet, what sort of surplus are you in. All these factors come into it. So you can be on 300 milligram a week for 12 months and not gain a fucking thing Yeah. if you, if you train like Scott. And then you can be... <laughs> I'm I'm fulfilling my New Year's resolution, which is to give me give you more shit. Um, oh, oh, great! That's great. I, I really love that, Dave. 
I'm only doing for this week. I'll get bored of it by next week. I've never kept up a resolution for more than a week. <laughs> you've given me shit since we met, so there is that. You know, you've been. Uh, you'll do but, a pretty. You'll do a fine job, I'm sure. <laughs> no, but you know, the, it, it's it's really is an impossible question to answer. There's yeah. so many variables. It's so person dependent. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people that run TRT Plus soon find over a period of time that it actually becomes a negative. Yeah, I would agree with that 110%. Just out of personal experience and out of seeing people over the years, hematocrit is the big one that I've seen. And, and you know, you're doing your bloodlets, you get into therapeutic phlebotomy, which I did. And it just, it's not going to be enough when in reality, you're just much better off taking periods down to legit TRT, getting back into range, giving yourself that break. And I truly believe that the less you're on, the less you need to take then to, when you go up, you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting because I have a guy that I work with who um, he, he started suffering from gyno issues and we brought him down. We actually stopped all tests for a short period of time, got things under control, went back to 150 milligrams for a few weeks. Everything was solid. We went back to 300, basically getting back on cycle. And <coughs> I said, Hey, when am I going to be able to increase the doses now? You know, I want to take more. And I'm thinking to myself, and I said to him, I was like, dude, you're on 300 milligrams. You know, that's that's a lot. That's compared to TRT. You're actually like, you can grow on that. There's no question. So it's all a matter, too, though. Like, if you're on 300 all the time, then what's the cycle going to look like, you know? There is, there is that element to it as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. If, if, if I mean, I say I always like to relate it to cars because I think it's something that people understand if your vehicle's capable of 150 mile an hour and you've souped it up to actually get it up to 170 will actually take a large amount of extra horsepower. Yeah. Um, it's not linear and it's the same with drugs. You know, when you're, when you're baselining at 300, I mean, you've even seen people baseline at 500 make. Yeah, I have too. Uh, uh, and then they're like, well, I need to go on. So they're, they're going to be pushing into a gram and a half before yep. they see any real, you know, impact of going on cycle. Yeah. Um, and and it, again, it's it's stress factors. How many people, and I bet there's a load watching this, that watch this show, that will have come off cycle and for three, four weeks post-cycle, they get stronger, they feel better, they perform better. And that is quite literally because the toxicity levels have dropped, the stress factors have dropped, and the lower dose is actually helping you better in performing and, and in the gym. And as a result, you're getting better results. Yeah. How about you come off and your appetite gets better. You sleep mm. better. You feel healthier. All those mm. factors, they add up. I'll go to the next one yeah. here, Dave. Uh, Peter says, hey, lads, um, hope you had a good Christmas and New Year. Been on TRT for the past year, 150 milligrams of test E. Recently added Proviron on training days four times per week. How long would you would use recommend uh, running the Proviron for a setup like this, if at all? Thanks in advance. I don't know about Proviron four times a week, personally. I so Proviron, Proviron is an anabolic, right. but it's meta- it's metabolized in muscle tissue, so it never reaches the receptor. Mm. So its muscle building potential is zero. Yeah. Uh, it is an anti-estrogen, so it will help with estrogen management. But if you're on 150 milligram, estrogen shouldn't really be an issue. It shouldn't really be a concern. 
So I, I'm a bit confused as to why you would even take it, to be honest. I'm, I'm a bit stumped there. Yeah. I, I think maybe what about like a master on if he was trying to achieve like an additional benefit instead of well, this oral DHT that's basically going to, I mean, he's probably got crazy libido stuff going on with this, but I mean, well, the, yeah, I mean, Proviron will have some impact sexually, but it's going to have no impact on muscle growth at all. So yeah. you get in a lower of estrogen, uh, you'll get some testicular impact in the sense of libido wise, but you're not getting an anabolic impact. Yeah. So it, it's I'm not. It all depends on what was the motivation for taking Proviron. If he's finding his performance in the gym has improved from taking Proviron, it is a hundred and percent totally psychological. Yeah, but and if it's that's happening, then it is helping him, right? <laughs> yeah, you could argue. I mean, you could argue the placebo effect on a lot of things. You know, if it actually benefits you, then it benefits you. Whether I mean, I know loads of people who have taken Clen. Yeah. Because they think it's going to help with muscle growth, uh, and and will report to have had progress of it, and it's 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 because you believe in it more than anything else. They've given people vitamin B tablets and they've gained muscle because they believe they were debo. Huh. Hey guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind, they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course, you can do so through Patreon. And thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus, they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka. And they have finished blends like Support Max, a high-quality, well-priced, on-cycle support stat. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. All right. Happy New Year, Scott and Dave. Another great episode. Also, it's great to see Dave having a good time. That was because you were in Jamaica on the beach with your glasses on. Somebody said you looked like Hollywood, Dave. Question for the next episode with Dave. Um, if someone had up to 500 milligrams of test plus HCG only cycle for their PCT, can they recover if they take tamoxifen only? And if so, then what would be the dosage? I was curious whether it's possible to avoid Clomid due to side effects and making you feel like shite and replace it with something else. I've heard people do Novadex and HCG instead. Scott, it would be great to hear from your perspective as well. Thank you, folks. You can't replace Clomid with Novadex, but that doesn't mean that HCG and Novadex PCT cannot be successful. So the selective management of clomiphene, it has two compounds. Uh, one's an agonist, one's an antagonist. Um, now, the receptors that it, it blocks are slightly different to the receptors that Novadex blocks. 
Um, but if you're running HCG throughout your cycle, your Leydig cell degradation should be minimalized. So you continue your HCG post-cycle and you then add in your Novadex a couple of weeks post-cycle as well, depending on your testos. Um, so yes, you can PCT on Novadex and HCG. Uh, is Clomid essential? Not entirely. Does it help? Yes. Can it be a rough ride? Yes. You can either just accept that and deal with it, or you can try without, but you will have a slightly less effective PCT. There is nothing that's going to replace it. Uh, but that doesn't mean your PCT is not going to be successful. So it, it does depend on the cycle that precedes it, duration of use, mm -hmm. how many times you've done cycles, etc., etc., etc. So there's quite a few factors in there. But Novadex on its own is very effective at elevating testosterone production. Uh, there's plenty of clinical studies showing that Novadex can increase testosterone in people just as a standalone drug. Obviously, HCG is in there to restore the Leydig cell integrity. If you run it throughout cycle, you should have a lower level of Leydig cell degradation. So therefore, Leydig cell recovery post-cycle should be better. And then you're only concerned with blocking each receptors to improve signaling. I would add, I don't know if you mentioned this, but I've done a combo uh, with, with Clomid at a lower dose, meaning that, you know, maybe he's taking 50 or 100 milligrams of Clomid and it's making him feel like shit. Well, could you get away with 25 and add some, you know, add some Novadex yeah. in there, some Tamoxifen with it to kind of get, you know, a little bit of the effect at least from Clomid yeah, and see what you can tolerate, you know? I mean, I've I've run your traditional Scalys, 100 mg Clomid, 40 mg Novadex, and yeah, I've had two weeks of feeling like absolute dog shit from the Clomid. But then it goes. So I, I would say it's viable. You can try it or you can try a lower dose of Clomid. But if it doesn't work, that could be a contributing factor as to why it doesn't work. Um, and you just have to either deal with the feeling like dog shit or deal with the fact that you haven't recovered and go on TRT. The choices are yours. But I, I'm not a big... Um, and I, I, I don't know if this is just me being a git, uh, and I genuinely, I mean this genuinely, but I've always viewed the steroid taking as there are certain things that come with taking steroids, okay, and there are certain things that come with running a PCT, uh, and there seems to be a lot of people these days that oh I don't want that oh I don't like that <laughs> well tough don't take fucking drugs then. You know, so there is an element of me that's like, come on, if you're going to do this shit, you have to put up with the bad as well as the good. It's just how it comes. You don't get all good. There's always going to be a balance here. Yeah. Uh, but I, I get also that for some people, Clomid can be fucking devastating. And I've seen a few people that really have struggled, you know, yeah. as in like suicide level Ooh. depression from Clomid. So, yeah. you know, it, it is a balanced thing as well. Um, it, and it just really is a case of you know do the negatives outweigh the positives for you. Um, I mean, most people these days don't even PCT anyway, do they? They just go straight on TRT and say fuck it. Yeah, they just completely stay on. Oh, I lost Dave. Hold on, that's fine. Yeah. I'm gone. See ya. <laughs> uh, question for the next podcast: uh, 
What is it with trend that makes people be so snappy and aggressive? Is it possible to lower its side effects by taking supplements that make you calm, like serotonin precursors? Uh, by the way, Dave is looking healthier. They, they like so, you with a tan, Dave. I do look better with a tan. I don't go very brown brown. I tend to stay a golden brown, though, unless I take MT2, which I can't take anymore. Golden brown? You mean like a goldie red? Goldie red. That's what you get. See, there's me thinking I'm not going to continue my New Year's resolution and hate on Scott. And then you come out with shit like that. I was making a simple observation. I was you not... Were, there was intimating and being colorist. It was nothing to do with anything other than that. Just a simple observation. Who is that red man that I'm talking to? That's what I thought last week while I was recording the podcast. Who is this red man in the sunglasses? Oh, it's Dave. At least I'm red from the sun and not blood pressure there. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, my blood pressure is good. There's that. <laughs> Mine's not. Um... <laughs> Sorry, where were we anyway? I've completely forgot what the question oh, yeah. was. Let me let me bring that back up. Oh yeah, so he likes. Why why is it that trend makes you so snappy right. and aggressive? Okay. Can you do anything about that? You cannot take so, trend. You can take less trend. Yeah. Those are two. Those are two potential answers. Less trend. trend. Though. That is a legit answer, man. We do. We take a lot more trend yeah, no, than we need to. You know. We do definitely. Trend is um, a very unique compound. So. Drugs bind with receptors. We, we, I think we're all very aware of this, that the idea of steroids is that they bind with the androgen receptor. Thank you. Yes, that is, a, I am golden brown. Thank you. Um, they bind with the androgen receptor, which in turn stimulates some muscle growth. Um, certain steroids will bind with other receptors. Um, so we see this from like Oxy, Tren, Deca. They bind with the progesterone receptor they act like progestins, which is something that binds with progesterone. Um, now, the thing with trend that makes it quite unique is that it has an incredibly high binding affinity, and it binds with all sorts of different receptors. So it binds with the estrogen receptor acting as the estrogen agonist. It binds with 5-alpha reductase, lowering DHT levels, which is one of the mechanisms that we protect against gyno. It binds with cannabinoid receptors, which is why we get this cold standoffish thing with trend where people get less emotional and detached from people around them. Uh, it increases the production of neuron activity. Uh, therefore, neurons increase in activity. And it actually, and I've completely gone out of my head, the compound that lowers neuron activity for some reason. Hmm complete mental block but it cripples that system as well which is why neuroactivity increases effectively we become overthinkers i.e anxiety paranoia those sort of triggers again triggered by the trend in the brain so it lowers dopamine transport proteins so there's a depressive element there so it has this real broad spectrum effect as well as stuff that anabolics already do in the sense of um, affecting the amygdala, which is our emotional control center and such like and so forth. Which makes it then a, a very broad spectrum impacting drug when it comes to emotional and mental health and makes it quite difficult to manage in those departments. Um, there has been all sorts of supplements over the years that have been uh, suggested to offset trend. And they may or may not have some impact, but they are never going to fully manage the impact of that drug because it is such a sledgehammer. 
Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, generally speaking, hard chemicals like TREM require other hard chemicals to offset their impacts. And natural solutions, though will help to some degree, are not going to solve all the problems with most people. And the best way to really manage training is, as you've already suggested, lower the dose or avoid it like the fucking plague. Yeah. And it's not a drug that's necessary. I very rarely use trend with people. It is. It, and that's going to be really the answer for all steroids and side effects, dose and duration. Those two factors are going to be a huge game changer. I also found, too, so the first time I ran trend had a terrible experience. Second time I ran trend had a terrible experience. Third time I ran trend, I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this again, but I'm going to start real low. And instead of starting high, I started I started at 25 milligrams every other day. And I hardly noticed it. Like I hardly noticed it in my system. And after several weeks, I went to 50 milligrams every other day. I didn't go beyond that. And I was able to handle that for another several weeks. It turned out to be like eight to 10 weeks doing those two doses, you know, building it up over time. Uh, and I, I felt just fine versus hitting it all at once with a high dose <coughs> using twice as much as, you know, that using yeah, but every other I, day. I, at the end of the day, you're only talking a total dose of 150 milligrams, which for most people is very low. And what, you know, most people are going to run trend 300, 400. Absolutely. And you're not going to get a stronger effect either, you know, with that lower no. dose. But that was a way that I made it work, you know, was by, by st like basically tapering upward. Did you feel though you got much off it as a compound? You know, not, not like when I ran it at a hundred every other day, that's for sure. You know? But it, it's it, it's an incredibly it, powerful drug. Uh, you know, it's yeah. an incredibly impacted drug. There's no denying. You can't deny trend works. Yeah. But it's it, again, it's down to that whether that cost is worth the results for you. Here's a fun one for us. Question for the next episode. Um, I don't have access to proper steroids, but I can get SARMs and pro-hormones. Um, I don't hear a lot of people talking about them and was wondering your opinions on these. By the way, I'm not an aspiring bodybuilder, just an older guy that might do a physique contest in a year or two. I really love your channel and just want to thank you for all of your insights. P.S. I am doing TRT at 200 milligrams milligrams a week <laughs> so, uh, 200 mil <laughs> no, not 200 milliliters you meant 200 milligrams i'm sure of that um psalms and and peptides can definitely have an impact <laughs> they're not as obviously it's not going to be as dramatic as anabolics um and you are going to be much more reliant on your training and diet being super on point I, I have seen and I've had a few clients that have done SARM only cycles and have progressed equally as well as other clients that have run anabolics. But the client I'm thinking of was particularly meticulous in his training and his diet and trained very fucking intensely. Yeah. And you tend to find that people can get a little bit lazy with anabolics because they will cover holes. They will oh, yeah. cover misses in diet and training. Oh yeah. What, if you're going to go to SAM route, you, you're going to have to be on point to get much out of them. Yeah. If you think a, a slightly off diet and some slightly wishy washy training is going to swing when you're on SAMs, it's not, you're probably going to find very little impact from them at all. But if those, those two elements are on point, 
then I would say they can be equal to an oral cycle for most people, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it depends on the serum, too. I know I've used Osterine with females. I've used Osterine with men that were otherwise natural, guys that were in men's physique division, um, and they did get some benefit of it. I think they would have gotten a lot more benefit out of 200 milligrams of test, and yeah, I yeah. would hesitate to think that you're going to get a ton out of the Osterine that these guys were using if you're already on 200 tests. Now, if we're talking about something else like YK11, you're probably going to get more out of it. You're also going to deal with more side effects too. Um, I, I mean, a suggestion I would have is, man, if you do your research, you may find that there are things available to you that you're just not aware of yet. It would just take some time and some digging uh, making the the right decisions in that department. Depending where he lives, it might be completely illegal to do that, too. That was very cryptic. Yeah? You might be able to find some gear, all right? That's what I was trying to say, Dave. You can get online. He's already, find, he's already finding gear. He's got 200 mega week. Yeah, he's got TRT from his doctor at 200 well, a week. Just to tell him you've lost a few prescriptions and get really? some extra. Yeah, you could you could dial that back to a hundred a week for ten weeks, and Save then from there, enough to run yeah. a four hundred mega week cycle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, three hundred a week, something like that. That'd be that would be a hell of a lot better than a SARM. I'll tell you that much, right? Yeah, all things being equal, obviously anabolics are stronger and going to be more effective than SARMs. There's no right. two ways about that. How about this one? What do we got here? Oh, Amanda Clark has one for us. She says, hey, guys, um, what are your thoughts on me adding T3, T4 to, she writes, uses the word, extend my cleanse cycle, like at eight weeks. Um, I'm really just about fat loss for a while while focusing on gains. Um, it's going to take a little uh, honestly. Um, so when I'm done resting from my clen, would VAR or TREN is DNP still around? Be a good to switch up to. Um, is there any benefit in changing up instead of a second cycle of the same? I was extremely fit before the pandemic, and this time I'm trying to stay as feminine, feminine, uh, femininely awesome as possible. And I'm an old bitch. You like a lot like Dave. So I don't want, I don't want to mess with my estrogen either. Uh, thanks, you two are a great combo, uh, super fun. Appreciate the motivation and good vibes from Massachusetts. We got a lot to so, uncover here, Dave. A lot to talk. So about. let's deal with the obvious ones. Var and Tren are not fat burners. They may have a mild secondary fat loss action, but they are not drugs you want to be primary for fat loss. Yeah. Secondly. Both of those are going to fuck your hormones up, so you really do want to be staying away from them if you're concerned about your hormones. In third, trend and femininely, femininely awesome have never been used once in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll scratch them too. Um, regards as in more fat loss than, yeah, T3, T4 are going to benefit you there, definitely, without doubt. Um if it if it's fat loss only you're looking at, then then obviously I'm assuming that diet and cardio and everything else is on point to achieve that. Um, the drugs will help, but just bear this in mind: if and this is where I think a lot of people go wrong, I'm going to lose weight. Okay, 
so I suppose this is the reverse of the same with anabolics in the, in a sense. So okay. I, I start my diet, I start my cardio, I'm not losing weight, so then I add fat burners. I then lose weight. So I stop the fat burners at the end of the fat burning cycle and all of a sudden I'm gaining weight again. So you've got to make sure that your calories is is fit for purpose from a point of view of weight loss. If you add fat burners to a calorie deficit and a cardio excess, then you're going to lose weight and you're not going to balloon off the back of it because your diet is already in place where you're in a calorie deficit. But if you use fat loss agents to create the deficit, yes, then when you finish your drug use, you are going to see a ballooning weight because you are technically still eating too much and you've got the calorie deficit from the drugs you were taking. Yep. And it may seem stupid, but it's surprising how many people turn to fat loss agents because they're frustrated with a lack of progress, finish their fat loss agent period, and then don't understand why they're gaining weight. And they're gaining weight because the basic underlying diet and training isn't where it needs to be to maintain that weight loss. So you need to factor in that as you lose weight, that your calories reflect where you need to be to maintain that weight loss. Otherwise, it's just going to all pile back on. Yeah. You get the reverse with anabolics where training and diet aren't good enough to sustain muscle growth. I grow on drugs, I stop the drugs, I lose the growth. So it's the same thing, but just the reverse scenario. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I work with a lot of women that that sound um, like Amanda. Women that are a little bit older, they're looking to get into good shape. Maybe they've been in good shape in the past. Um, and I can say the number one thing we're going to assume that the diet is what it needs to be. Diet can be tricky too for women and diet can be especially tricky for women that get older. And there's, there's no single diet strategy that works for anyone. Right. But especially for uh, aging women who maybe are getting into like, you know, premenopause or some in that range, things can start to get odd and different. I'd wonder what her hormones look like to begin with, you know, and I wonder what her blood sugar looks like. I wonder I wonder, so a couple thoughts. Let's assume that she is figuring out the things that need to be done with the diet and understands and has figured out when she needs to make changes to those things to keep making progress. If she's been in great shape before, she probably has a better chance at getting back into good shape again. Uh, but as far as supplements go, I would look at, Clen is a great one. I would look at adding Yohimbine with the Clen. I think that that could be another really good strategy. We did a podcast with Scott Stevenson, and the way he described it is um, Clen, they work together in this way. That, that There is a synergy there, whereas Clen is like putting your foot on the gas, whereas Yohimbine is taking your foot off the brake. So you have your foot on the brake to some extent with the Yohimbine while you're pressing on the gas, but it allows you to get more out of it by taking your foot off the brake. That's what the Yohimbine does. So I, combining those two things works really well. In between clean cycles, uh, maybe an ECA. Um, Michelle had mentioned uh, when is a good time to add in T5, which is your weird English term for, e for ECA, right? So ECA <laughs> could be in play there. And then let's look. So we've got thyroid, T3, T4. That's a whole other realm of fat burning, I would try to keep that as minimal as possible, but you might find some benefit there. I would actually be curious to get like 
Get everything done. TSH, T3, reverse T3, T4, all that shit. Get it all done and <coughs> see what's going on with those hormones and see if there is any need. Maybe you need a little more T4, for instance. Maybe, you know, maybe you're well, fine. And then the, di- and then the yeah. other direction I was going to say, one more thing, Dave, is just because I know I'm kind of going on here. But no, we've, got, we've got the fat burners from the CLEN or the ECA. We've got the thyroid, and, the, and, and then we have the Yohimbine. Those are a couple different age, directions. Then we have the T3, T4. That's another direction. And then I wonder about uh, going from like a blood sugar direction. What about like a metformin, a berberine, maybe even the GL, one of the new GLP-1 drugs like semaglutide. I wonder if that could come into play too. I find that being able to keep that blood sugar under control can be especially helpful for females so like berberine at the very least is something i would consider adding into this plan that's all i got i I think part of this as well is is how lean are you looking to get yeah because i personally don't feel drugs are required at anything up to 10 percent. yeah if there's a medical need then that's where the thyroid stuff that's, could come yeah, in. That's you know? slightly different. If you've got reduced thyroid function because of the diet itself or because of age-related factors or other things, then, yeah, there is a medical need there. And, and then, I get that. And then Same the berberines. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If, you, if you've got a high HbA1c, then there is some argument for berberine and such like that. But I'm a bit reluctant to bring fat loss drugs into people prior to them getting lean. Prior to them being able to demonstrate that they're on the right path. That's what I need them to do. I need them to demonstrate they're on the right path and be able to definitely get as much as you can exactly before you get on. I agree. The foundation needs to be there because you, the thing is with any chemical addition, and this goes for anabolics, it goes for fat burners, there are negatives to any of these drugs. There are negative sides to all of these drugs. For sure. You don't want to be using them unnecessarily if it's just down to the fact that you're too damn fucking lazy to stick to a diet or do the bloody cardio. Yeah, yeah, cardio. We, I didn't even mention cardio. I focused on diet. And you know what, Dave? Me saying all this stuff about all these different directions and drugs, I don't even want to sound like a proponent of these are the things you need to do as a female. But if, if but because she wanted to focus on that, those aspects, mm. that's the reason I'm speaking on it. The diet no, no, stuff, I, not, the diet stuff dis- we wouldn't we would need to see, you know, what's going on to be able to dig into that. But I think that you're right. That is the foundation. And I know you weren't saying that that's what I was focusing on, but I did want to make that statement, you know? No, exactly. I just, I just think it's important that we put things in, in balance as well. You know, it, it, it's too many people. I mean, I, I had it this week. I had a client message me this week. He's put fat on over Christmas. He wants to lose weight. First thing out of his mouth was, what drugs am I taking? And I yep. sent back, fucking none. Yeah. <laughs> I said, none. You're going on a fucking diet. You're doing some cardio. You're not taking fucking drugs. Yeah. Um, well, no, because you can't. I mean, this has been a long term with him. And it's like, look, you do this all the time. You want to go on drugs. You go on drugs. You get some results. You don't deal with the underlying issues. And then you mm. come off the drugs and you go backwards. If your head doesn't fall off in the short term, that you suddenly start to get super conscious about health and that you're using all these drugs. Yeah. Just put the fucking work in. Yeah. All right. People said to me, have you used fat burners? No, have a fuck. I have no justification for using fat burners at my levels of body fat, apart from the simple fact that I'm just a lazy bastard. 
All right, we'll move on. Um, all right. Hey, guys. I've uh, been tuning in for a while. Love the show. We've got a couple more here. Uh, my question for you guys is about blood pressure on cycle. I'm 30 years old, uh, 202 pounds, sitting at 13% body fat, and been training for 12 years now. I recently decided to take my training further. With a low-dose cycle, four weeks at 200 milligrams of test E, um, when four weeks of 250 followed by 300 milligrams of test E. All my blood work was fine, but my BP was 160 over 80. I've been taking 40 milligrams Telmisartan and 5 milligrams of Cialis daily whilst doing cardio. Um, how else can I lower BP or should I just drop everything? So BP's up. It's not scarily high, but it's obviously not ideal. But yeah. it, it's, I'm not looking at that going, holy fuck, you've got problems. It's over 80, so, you know. Yeah, it, it's... It's not great, but... No, it's not great, but it's well within tolerable levels. Um, I would question what style of cardio you're doing, because if you're just doing list work, steady state, you know, 130 BPM, bollocks, that's going to have no impact on blood pressure whatsoever. But if you start hitting that BP up, the, sorry, that BPM up to 150, 155, 160, you will then see a positive impact on your blood pressure from the cardio. But just steady state wandering on a treadmill, watching a podcast is going to do virtually fuck all for your blood pressure. Um, so the cardio needs to be intense. It needs to be hard. It needs to be conditioning work if you wanted to lower your blood pressure with cardio. To be honest, uh, there's. I would possibly look at estrogen levels. He doesn't. He makes no mention of estrogen ah, management in that. Yeah. So estrogen could be driving your blood pressure a little bit as well. Water retention from there could be having an impact. So I'd look at estrogen levels too. He did say he checked his blood work, but he doesn't mention whether he checked hormone balances within his blood work. And I can't see a 300 milligram of test returning normal estrogen levels. There's going to be some elevation, whether it's elevation to a problematic level or not is a different different matter but there's going to be some elevation anyway yeah and then so i'd definitely look at that i would look at also nutrition like what is your food look like yeah. Are you eating a lot of yeah. processed foods getting yeah. a lot of you know crazy levels of sodium at different times try to keep the, the sodium consistent from day to day and then keep the fluid intake really high you know if he's yeah. not i mean he's been doing this for 12 years but he's just getting into gear i wonder what his water intake is like like are you drinking a gallon a day you know, and if you're not, then try increasing and see if that has any kind of help to just flush some of that out of you. The more fluid you drink, you know, to an extent, the the, the better you'll be able to reduce water retention, too. It could be very mm -hmm. helpful to you. I like that idea yep. of adding some, some more intense cardio. You. All right, a couple more here. Scott, Dave, how do I slow the muscle loss when not training? I've had time over Christmas, and the weight and muscle loss is a joke. Come so, on. come on, Jason. Come on. First thing is to maintain weight is down to calories. So, if you're losing weight, you're not maintaining enough calorie intake. Muscle loss, a lot of people assume muscle loss when it's not actually muscle loss. You will get flatter, you will store less glycogen, you'll be less full. That will appear to be muscle loss. Yeah, less inflammation too, you know, yes. in training. So you may not be as full, 
and you may not be holding as much glycogen and water intermuscularly, and as a result, you may appear smaller and flatter, but that doesn't necessarily mean muscle loss. The second thing is, is there a drug element involved in this? So you've had a couple of weeks off Christmas. Where uh, are we? With, have you used drugs prior and stopped using? Because if you find rapid weight loss post-cycle, that's usually down to the fact that your diet and training are on point and it's the drugs that are covering it, and that's why you're dropping so fast post. But a lot of people, generally speaking, if your muscle tissue is established, your body's not going to give it up easily unless you are very much in a calorie deficit or it's very new tissue that you've only just achieved because you've just gone off the back of a cycle. So you shouldn't see huge muscle losses in a couple of week period at all. Yeah. Um, weight could be water. It could be a, a lower level of information or it could just be that you are just not eating enough calories. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what changes have happened to your diet, etc. That's possible. I know that, you know what, when we're at work and we're in our normal groove, it's a lot easier to follow our plan. And then we get a week off and it's like, whoa, I don't know when to eat meal too. You know, you, yep. know, you yeah. just don't know what to do. Routine, routine and structure helps people massively. And a lot of people actually over festive periods, though they eat a lot of crap, they actually generally end up eating less volume of food and, and quite often less calories than they think. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's because they are very conscious of the fact that they're eating crap, so they're subconsciously trying to compensate for that. And it's just, like you say, routine goes. You don't get up in the morning. You get up later. You're not, you know, most people up by 10, 11 o'clock, they're two meals in, sometimes even three. Yeah. You're on holiday for Christmas. You get up at 10, 11 o'clock, you've not had any meals. So all there's right. all these factors that play into it. A couple more here. Let's see. We've got this, and then we've got a couple in the live stream. Um, we'll blood just blast room. 20 years old, first cycle, test C, 420 milligrams injected Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Arimidex every other day. Opinion, goal is to compete and get towards my pro card. So I'm confused. He's, uh, first cycle, I'm assuming that he's saying 420 total. Yes, I hope so, Dave. I sure hope but so. That's a weird injection protocol Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It sure is, man. Maybe he meant Friday. Friday. I don't know. Mm. It's also, I'm a bit confused on the dosing. So, Yeah, how do you get 420? 140. 140 a time. Okay. So, so, how do you get 140? What made you do? Yeah, we'll just leave that one for. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. There's a lot of Arimidex, isn't it? The the ADEX seems high. Um, the, the the test dosing for the first cycle, I'm, I'm good with that. Well, he doesn't even say how much Arimidex. He says just and Arimidex every other day. So, the, the test at 420 a week, I'm good with that for the first cycle. I, I have no issues with that whatsoever. I think it's quite sensible. I don't think the three-day split is necessary, but it's, it's not a problem if he is doing it. Uh, I do think that the ADEX may be overkill, and I would be suggesting that he gets an estrogen test to see where his estrogen levels are. Yeah, i go with that. All right, got a few more here. Um, oh, this was when we were talking about D-Ball from the live stream here. ZZ says, um, hey, guys, crazy question. What if... Uh, crushing one no, ball tap. No, he means no, crushing. No. He means crushing, Dave. 
I know what he means. What about crushing one D-ball tablet and water to make it into a paste that he can then apply topically? No, won't work. Doesn't absorb like that. To bring Not up lagging body parts. No. Yeah. All right. Next. Side, do- side dosing. No, not, not going to happen, mate. Sorry. And you couldn't side dose like that anyway. Austin asks us about GLP-1 agonists for cutting. They are probably the most popular used thing, thanks to Kim Kardashian. No. Yeah. They work. There's definitely they work. Uh, I think more so from the appetite suppression type of uh, action rather than anything else. Yes. Because people just don't want to fucking eat on them. We talked about these, and also I talked about them recently with one of the episodes with Vigorous Steve, so you can tune into that. Uh, Steve was one of the first people in bodybuilding to talk about it on YouTube and stuff. Um, I, I'm not so sure they have such a major place in bodybuilding myself. Yeah, they, they really help with appetite control. There is that. Um, they do, but then, it, I mean, from from the people I know that have used it, their appetite suppression has been so severe that they've actually struggled to maintain the actual deficit diet that they wanted to they don't even want to fucking eat that yeah you got to reduce I, I think the dosing is being overdone it's interesting yeah. man because i talked with colette nelson about glp1 agonists in 2016 and she said just wait because this is going to be the most popular thing to hit bodybuilding it also does uh, dispose uh keep your insulin down so i mean keep yeah the blood there, sugar there, there's other there. actions in that but i think for most people the main impact of how it helps them manage their weight is the fact that they don't want to eat yeah uh dave what do you limit your body fat to in the off season what's what, what let's ask this what do you think a good limitation is for clients in the off season? I, I, I don't think see i mean obviously what we don't want to be getting is 25 percent plus because it's but at the same time there are those people that grow incredibly well being big and heavy and, and have no problem diet. I mean, Lee Priest is the, probably the most famous example as a pro. But even Dorian, Dorian got into a bit of a fat fuck in the off season. Okay, yeah. Um, so I think it's very much person dependent on how well you can tolerate a diet. Um, but I would say you know, you're probably twenty. Yeah, that would be it high is, end. I would say that'd yeah, be real high end. I, I think he's going to be your upper upper limit for for most people. But I, I think a lot of it as well is there's a balance of performance, yeah. how you are with diets, volume of food, and everything else. Um, you know, some people need an off-season to be loose. Uh, other people are quite happy keeping the food very, very strict. So I think a lot depends on natural genetics as well with somebody. Yeah, I, I'm I'm lucky enough to work with um, a good number of people uh, year round that, that are competitors. Uh, shout out to Matt, Nick, Andrea, and and a good number more people. In the way that I have to look at it with them, that they're competing season to season is how quickly can they get back into shape? Because that is really the limiting factor. You know what I mean? If yeah. you if you get somebody out of shape, you damn well better be able to get them back into that peeled condition. So. Really, it, it takes understanding how quickly you can lose fat. And I found that the more fat you put on, the not only the more time it takes, obviously, but the harder it can be to get the ball rolling, you know? It can be. And I, I say it's very first independent. I've yeah. got a couple of clients I keep quite lean, but then I've got a couple of clients that I can let get real fat folks because 
as soon as they start with their diet, it just comes off so quickly. And they are so much stronger when they're heavier. And therefore, obviously, there's it's a carryover there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last but, one from our good friend, Alfonso. And then uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Oh, we had that. And then we had our question for ourselves. Hey, guys. Great show. He wanted to ask us, um, how would we rate the, the sissy squat bench? Um, how do you rank it in comparison to the hack squat, leg press, leg extension, leg curl machine? So I'm not sure what a sissy squat bench is. I know what a sissy squat is, and that is a very good exercise. Yeah. I'm not familiar with a sissy squat bench. I think he just means the thing that you're talking about that on the floor, the regular sissy squat machine. Ah, right. So now I don't agree with this. If you're talking about the little frame where you hook your feet and toes under and you've got a pad at the back of your calves, that, to me, is not a sissy squat. You want to do it, what, off of a rack with a belt or so something? So, to me, well, it all depends on how you perform it. So, to me, a sissy squat, what I see when most people use that apparatus is what they actually do is a hack squat. I can see that. So, they do, an, they, do a, they bend at the hip so mm -hmm. that the, the, the shin is parallel with the back and they create that shape. Yeah, that shape with their body is a hack squat shape. A sissy squat involves the quad and the torso staying in line. Quad and the torso staying in line. Mm -hmm. So are you bending, leaning backward then? Yeah. So I know what you mean. Would, yeah. So it would be the reverse of a GHR. I've seen people do that with like a belt, you know, wrapped around a, a you know, wrapped around a bar or, you know, wrapped around like a rack post you know yeah so so a traditional sissy squat what happens is you go on your toes your knees come forward you lean back and you keep your quad and your torso all in one plane yeah that's a traditional sissy squat that's the original sissy squat that frame can replicate that movement if you keep your quad and your leg your torso in line but if you're bending at the hip into an upright position then what you're doing is a hack squat because that's a hack squat is. A hack squat is that 90 degree and 90 degree. 90 degree at the hip, 90 degree at the knee. Holy shit. We've gone long, Dave. I know we have. I'm sorry to keep you. Do you want to answer right. our, our um, New Year's yeah, resolution I'm just, question? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I need to piss now. But yeah, I've not got a lot of... And I've also... Fuck it. I've got some messages to deal with. Right. Um, but yeah, so I don't see that as a sissy squat. Uh, if, it, if you do use it with quad and... Torso. If you search online, there's a guy on YouTube, Chinese guy, shows you three versions of the sissy squat. That is proper. Put your guns away. It's not a gun. It's where it's ammunition. It's what holds ammunition. It's a, it's a clip. We don't call them clips, Dave. Okay, sorry. Magazine. Thank you. Put okay. away. It's done. Good. I swear one day, Scott, I'm going to see it on the news. Scott Manali goes mad and shoots 500 people in America. Come on now. If anything, I might save 500 people in America when some out, somebody else goes crazy. That's what I care yeah, for. He's, he's, he's turned, turned his mini into kill those or two. Anyway. Right, go on. New Year's resolutions. Yes. Number one, Dave is going to give me shit, but it's only going to last for a week, he says, because yeah, I'm, he's I'm such a nice and gentle, kind man with such a warm heart that he couldn't bear to hurt my feelings for longer than a week. 
See, people see this. They don't see all the shit you send me every day on WhatsApp. What do I, what do I send you, Dave? So the first message Scott sent this morning, oh, you fat ginger bastard, are you up? Are we doing a podcast today? Yeah, is that what I said? Yeah, that's what you said. Let's see here. I deleted it because I didn't want to deal with the stress. Let's see here. I liked this today. So this is our conversation this morning. I said, DS Crossland, it's David Stanley. I said, um, are you good to record today? He said, I should be just out at, and I was like, what's MO? Is that supposed to be? At the mo, at the moment. Yeah, I, it took me like an hour. <laughs> and I realized oh, what that meant. Sake. Sorting some shit else, out. Scott. And I said, okay, no rush. Let me know what time works good. And I will make sure to be all set by then. And you said, okay, thanks. Yeah, you didn't show the message that you sent and deleted earlier on the other Instagram account where you give me abuse. Oh, Anyway, uh, New New Year's resolutions. So, actual serious ones. Yeah. I think I have decided, and this will, this might, how do I get this across without coming across badly? Uh So... No, I think we go through life and we put up with a lot of stuff sometimes that we potentially necessarily don't want to. Yeah. Uh, So I have decided on two aspects to this. One, that I will say, if I don't want to do something, um, don't want to be involved with something, I will will say, you know, no, that's not good for me. I don't like that. So I'm going to be a little bit more selfish in that sense. Yeah, it's important, I but think. I, but I'm also going to make sure I do it in a polite manner. So I'm going to be honest with people, but I'm going to make sure I'm very polite in doing it. And that includes when it comes to stuff like discipline the kids and things like that. Okay. I'm going to be much less emotional in my responses. I'm much more polite, but also I'm going to say if I don't like something, I'm not going to sit there and put up with shite I don't want to put up with because, to be honest, life's too bloody short. And Hmm. why should I put up with shit I don't like? I'm not saying that the person is wrong for doing it. It's just I don't want to be involved in that or I don't want to have anything to do with that. So I'm going to decline, but I'm going to be, you know, I mean, a typical example is you go into a family event with a family member there that you don't get on with, you don't like. But you go there, you put up with it, you get stressed before you go, you deal with all the shit while you're there, you come back stressed, you end up arguing with your missus over it because you just don't want to go. Well, I'm going to say, sorry, but no thank you, I don't want to come. I don't like you, Uncle John, but that's okay. You know, I just, it's not you. I just don't care for you as a human being. Yeah, and uh, effectively, (laughs) yes, but in in as nice a way as possible, but yes. Okay, okay. Wait, you got anything else? The rest of the stuff is really sort of. I mean, I, I need to. I want to continue with this weight loss. I need to get that yeah. down. I like that. Uh, um, and then the, the other thing is just just work related targets. Really, it's not really anything on a personal, but, but but a little bit more personal development. Yeah, I I do spend a lot of time analyzing things and analyzing my response to things and whether mm. I could have dealt with it better. I do that anyway. It's something I've always sort of done. You know, it's like. Um, I wouldn't have guessed that with you, honestly. I wouldn't have. Yeah, I you know. Come off as like very definitive, and this is what I decided, and and it just is what it is. Period. I'm done with yeah, it. I move on. That's the way I would read you, honestly. It is, but I, I do review. Okay. So if I've dealt with a situation, it'd be like, did I deal with that correctly? Could I have dealt with that better? Okay. 
So he's a, he's a very prime example. So a friend of mine's father is Jamaican, though he lives over in the UK. Um, he's terminally ill. He's in palliative care. So I said to him, look, does your dad want anything to bring him back? Do you want to get any? And he said, you know what? Can you get me some, I think they call it Cooley Cooler now, rum. But it's the the, the illegal, overproof 90-odd percent shit. Yeah, yeah. So I asked one of the guys at the hotel if he could arrange to get it. He said he could. I, I went out. I met him. We went to a guy. He gave me a bottle. I had a sniff. I don't think it's the real thing. Oh. But I wasn't sure... And rather than cause a scene, I paid the guy for it, went back to the hotel, and it was done with. Okay. Now, I, I thought of that that night, and I thought, no, I should have turned around and said, no, this is this is not right. This is wrong. Um, and I'm, I'm not taking it. Either get me the real stuff or just take me back to the hotel. I'll pay you for your time, for fuel and everything, and we'll just call it quits. Yeah. Um, so it's little things like that that I think, you know what, I should have stood my ground there. I didn't because I didn't want to cause a force, and sure. obviously I'm, you know... Uh, and the guy had gone out of his way. And I don't think it was a guy that told me that was doing anything out of order. I think it was his mate that was giving me the rum that yeah. was being a bit dodgy. So it's a little things like that. So, yeah, I do review how I look at things or how I respond to things. And I'll be like, mm, maybe I didn't do that the best I could have done. And maybe I could have done that better without upsetting people or whatever, you know. So you're talking about how you handle illegal drug deals. I'm okay. talking about how I handle lots of things. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it, man. I think that's that's good. And, and I, I can get frustrated with people, um, and it's I've I've I, I towards Christmas before I went away, the year was starting to take its toll. I was tired. Yeah, I, I, I've had a very busy year, and this year is going to be no different. If anything, it's going to be busier. <clears throat> and I developed a little bit of a not a, a negative. But I was finding answering questions becoming a bit of a chore. I remember you not mentioned that. The, not in this situation, but in the, what I get through Messenger and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was getting a bit frustrated with it. Uh, and and it's like, I sort of sat down and went, well, look, if you don't want to answer questions, then don't fucking answer them, but don't wind yourself up and get stressed about it. It's not the person's fault. Yeah. You you offer this advice, so either give it freely and happily or don't give it at all. Make your fucking mind up. So I gave myself a bit of a bollock, and it was like, look, I'm actually lucky to be able to do this. Actually being yeah. able to help people is actually very, very rewarding. Um, and more rewarding than sometimes I give it credit for. And, and the fact that I can help should be the reward in itself, and it often is. So it was like, you know, you, you need to drop that. That's me being wrong there. Gratitude. You, know I mean? you found gratitude. That's a huge, I, well, you know, that's I a need huge to, thing. I need to be more understanding that, you know, people don't know. That's why they ask questions. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I can't get frustrated at, at, with people if they don't have the knowledge that, and therefore makes the communication sometimes a little bit difficult and a little bit frustrating. Because at the end of the day, where else are they going to go? You know, I need to. I need to be. I need to be grateful that I have the ability to answer the question on their behalf and help them. Which now sounds a bit odd, because I should be thankful for helping somebody. Hmm. No, I get but, it, man. I feel that way. But I, I, you know, I do. I do think that it, it's a gift or it's a blessing or however you want to look at it. And if I'm going to do it, I should do it freely and I should do it with grace. And if it's getting to the point where I'm not able to do that, then I should stop doing it. Yeah. And I don't want to stop doing it because I do actually enjoy helping people. So you reframed so it. You reframed it. I, I just need to find a balance sometimes and, and yeah. just 
step back, take 10 minutes for myself or whatever it is. I think that's probably a big thing is taking time for yourself. You know, I think I'm that's start, hard I'm to start, do. Yeah, I've started meditating again and stuff like that. I mean, I won't okay. be going on holiday again until the end of the year, but, you know, it's... Uh, we're, we're moving, we're bringing some management structure into the, to eval to, to allow us to have a little bit of downtime occasionally and stuff like that. So we, we, we are restructuring things a bit. That's good. One of my goals is to um, continue getting more help for the channel. Um, and that is, you know, business-wise. So having people that I can turn to to, to be able to do more. Because I can do more, but I end up getting caught up in hours and hours of doing stuff that I could have had somebody else do. So I'm, I'm looking to turn some of the reins over in that regard. Um, and I'm looking to get into better shape because in the last couple of years, I've only focused on trying to retain the muscle and trying to stay strong since I got sick, you know. And in reality, there are a lot of other things I can do. I can focus now on fat loss. I can focus on improving my cardio and, you know, and improving my health. So... I'm making that shift and I've already started making that shift before the Olympia starting in um, <coughs> it was a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving between then and the Olympia, I lost 15 pounds and it was just 15 pounds of fat, you know? So I mean, and water of course, but uh, you know, it's, it's been, I felt better for that and I want to continue on that path as well. So those are a couple of my things that I'm trying to work on this year and, you know, just to be the best person that I can, like in my relationships and my relationship to my wife, we, we try to make sure we take every Friday as our date day. And I never want to lose that. You know what I mean? I want to be able to like keep that. You got to, you know, keep love alive. I don't ever want to like take her for granted. I think my problem is when it comes to that sort of stuff is it's not that I need time. It's that I need to make sure that time's quality because yeah. very often that time. I mean, for example, the first two days of the holiday I spent in the, the room. Okay. You were working. sick too. No, yeah, but I was working. Oh, yeah. I know I had no choice in that because it was blood reports that needed to be done and got out. Yeah. Um, but I think what I am guilty of at times is um, the the mergers because I get messages. Li I mean, literally, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I've got roughly 32 messages to deal with from the start, just doing this podcast. You're kidding. Yeah. No. Uh, and so I'll spend the next hour and a half doing that. Um and it, it's like I got seven I, I don't I don't mind doing that. Yeah, but I need to make sure because what tends to happen is I'll finish here. I'll still have ten messages to deal with. I'll go back across to the house, and I'll still be dealing with the messages. And I'll sort of half be engaged with the conversation with Alas, and half be engaged with doing the. And it's like no, I need to get the messages yep. done and and then give her, even if it's only an hour, it's an hour of a hundred percent rather Quality. than three hours. Rather than three hours of 25%, you know? Yeah. Right? Victoria is really, she's, that's really important to her too. Like when we do our thing together, we put our phones down. There's no messaging, you know, that kind of thing. I, when I was away, I, I never took my phone on any of the excursions, trips we went on. I left my phone in the, the hotel room. It was um, probably freeing so I, too. So I never had any photographs of anything we did because I never took my phone with me. <laughs> I knew if I did, I'd end up answering messages. I can't help myself. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing it's up. It's also because so I get questions. Okay. I need to piss more than anything. Fucking All right. busted. All right. Cool. We appreciate you guys watching, hanging with us through all of this. If you have any questions for the next episode, comment below. If you haven't subscribed to our content, do that. Go to evalbloodanalysis.com. Reach out to Dave, our, our title sponsor, True Nutrition. Check them out. Uh, use our code THINK. 
supplementsource.ca for our Canadians, as we mentioned before, and in the ads. And of course, Strom Sports Nutrition. Check them out in the UK. We got to go. Dave's got to pee. Bye. Bye. All right, man.